0: Welcome everybody, and welcome to JP Morgan's Global Data Pod. I'm Malcolm Barr, head of Western European Economics here at JP Morgan, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Marco Proto who's our senior Euro area economist. And the subject of the day is the economic and political outlook for Italy uh, in the light of the needs to choose uh, a new president. Um. I mean, one of the things which I think has been striking, Marco, as we've gone through the, the COVID episode, is how little stress there's been in the region. Um, and, and I know that through this period, you've been viewing what's been going on in Italy, you know, relatively positively, positively. Um, yeah, take us through why that is and what it is that, that Draghi as prime minister has been able to achieve.
1: Thank you, Malcolm. Uh, Yes, uh, there's been a relative sense of calm from the pandemics, and I have argued that a lot of that uh, has to do with um, Mario Draghi becoming um, the prime minister in Italy. Uh, In a few months, Draghi has established himself as a cornerstone of Italian politics, as a catalyst for the form and as a grant to European institutions and financial markets. In the face of the systemic crisis of the political parties, the drug administration was established early in the year under the sponsorship of President Mattarella as a last resort to accomplish the ambitious reform and investment agenda linked to the, the European funds. Now, since then, Italy has made significant progress on reform planning and a lot of that has to do with Draghi. Not without difficulties and Prime Minister Draghi has played a pivotal role in driving both processes of reform and planning uh, with an impressive ability to master consensus from an heterogeneous and unfocused parliamentary majority. However, this job is far from complete, and we doubt that the Italian politics uh, would have been able to step up to the job, to the task, without dragging. Now, during this time, Italy has also been experiencing an exceptionally strong recovery, marked by resurgence in corporate investments and made all-time highs in business sentiment. We have expressed confidence that the Italian economy can keep growing solidly through 2023, gradually regaining the ground lost in the decade prior to the pandemic. However, we have also identified occasional chain-linking Draghi's leadership to surge in private sector's expectations, which in turn feeds into macro performance. And we believe that the Ampheta continuation of this Italian Renaissance requires Draghi to remain as prime minister until the end of his mandate in
0: 2023. So given that, that backdrop, take us through the process of how the president is chosen. I mean, I'm particularly interested in how firm the cutoff dates are and and what the steps are uh, in terms of making that choice.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, a bit surprising. There's very little in terms of process when it comes to the election of the president. Um, The first voting round will be held on the 24th of January. And there will be iterations after that until a candidate achieves the majority threshold. Majority threshold is two thirds, so it's super majority for the first three rounds, but it falls to simple majority from the fourth round onwards. Uh, There is really no limit to the number of votes that can be held before um, a candidate reaches majority. The historical range goes from one to 23, uh, in terms of voting rounds. Um, so, you know, everybody can see a bit of uh, what they want in that. The vote is secret, though. And that is a fact that in the past has led to significant surprises in the sense that it has happened that candidates that seem to be uh, to be strong candidates uh, fail to reach the threshold because of defections within the wrong camp. Now, I would add that the pandemics create some further uncertainty because uh, it is well possible some MPs may be unable to attend due to to self-isolation rules, but this is pretty much
0: it. And 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 in terms of the powers of the president once in office, I mean, how how might they be sort of more or less relevant depending on who the choice of president is? I mean, is it in some sense would there be advantages to having someone like Draghi as as president, or is it is it is it really more of a case that the you know, his, his specific skills would not necessarily be particularly well used in that, in that position?
1: Well, I think, I think this is a very important question. Um, the president is traditionally seen as a figure of guarantee for the political system and the nation uh, more broadly. And he represents a country in um, international environments. And there's roles also in signing international treaties. But he has modest operative powers, uh, but he has the power to dissolve parliament and call for elections and to appoint the prime ministers. These are the most relevant powers. Now, together with those, traditionally, the president moral suasion i.e. the ability to persuade the parties to come to agreements in the face of uncertainty or difficulties has proven crucial in many instances. Uh, In the end, as I said before, uh, the inception of the dragging government early this year is itself a result of the exercise of these powers uh, when President Mattarella took the initiative to break a parliamentary impasse. Um, History has shown that the powers of the president can be exercised in an elastic manner depending on the personality of the president, ranging from a more formalistic approach to a more muscular one, if I may use this term. Now, some domestic commentators have argued that Draghis as president could de facto crystallize a new hybrid setup akin to some form of semi-presidentialism. However. We are skeptical of this argument. In our view, the president is clearly an anchor, but he, and it, that is important obviously in the long term, but eventually it is up to the parliamentary forces to forge governments and set up agendas. In, my, in our view, my view, Italy has probably less need of current terms, a and more urgent need of pragmatic decision-makers. And Draghi has proved to be the best decision maker around by emerging.
0: So I, I know you've tended to the view that Draghi is, is most likely to remain as, as prime minister, you know, through this process with a, a compromise candidate for president uh, emerging. Um, what do we need to watch for as we go through this process in terms of, you know, whether whether that view is is tracking. Um, you know, and, and in some sense, if, it, if it's going to turn out differently, what are going to be the big signposts along the way?
1: Well, um, simply put, um, what we need to see is that the, a dialogue between the parties uh, gets going. And, and then we need to verify to track over time whether that dialogue is converging on a short list of names that are potentially able to attract wide support across the political spectrum uh, in order to maintain the status quo the support for the president should be very large at least or arguably as large as the current grand coalition supporting the drug administration the problem is that as of today this process is not started in earnest and uh, it is reasonable to expect more information with uh, the biggest parties to, uh, starting to express their own uh, preference for a certain candidate to emerge over the next few uh, days.
0: So, so given this backdrop and, and recognizing that the Draghi administration itself is in some sense a, a, a sort of crisis innovation to some extent, um, what's the time scale for a, a return to something more like politics as usual, which one tends to assume is starts with new elections? And and how does that relate to the, the choice of president? I mean, it does does uh you know, Draghi becoming president basically means elections sooner? Um, you know, how do you how do you see that?
1: Yeah, um this is up in my view, this is exactly the most the most crucial point here. Now, um, if a consensus president is elected, it is reasonable to see Draghi continuing as prime minister until the end of the mandate in 2023. In this scenario, the risk of early elections in 2022 appears remote. And this is our baseline to which we attach a 60% probability. But uh, we have highlighted how the scenario of Draghi becoming president, which has 40% probability, while providing a long-term anchor to Italian politics, would come with significant risks. Let me elaborate on, on, on the logic. Uh, the idea here is that replacing Draghi as prime minister in a continuation government is a very complex operation that requires... A a major and lasting commitment on behalf of all the political leaders in the current grand coalition. Now, I personally side with the idea that the eventual election of Draghi to the presidency would not take place in a vacuum, but would be part of a broader political agreement, which would coalesce the majority around the new prime minister. However, I believe that it is fair to say that there are significant doubts about whether this experiment would be durable um, without the direct stewardship of Draghi as a prime minister. In fact, uh, we attach a sizable 40% probability that a continuation government may fall apart within a matter of months, eventually leading to an early election in September or October this year. Now, if this transpired, this would have an obvious negative impact on the recovery fund agenda. And it will likely mean the interruption in the flow of the EU funds. And if we are correct in this analysis, uh, the election to Draghi, of Draghi to the presidency, even though it's not our baseline, could trigger a significant amount of market stress on announcement and arguably for a while, exactly because markets would price some significant probability of a breakup within um, a six months horizon. And the burden of the proof would be on Italian politics to prove that whatever arrangement this is is put in place is actually viable.
0: So, I mean, it seems like a, that means a lot. Sort of turns on the outcome of this of this process. Um, against that backdrop, I mean, how resilient do you think Italy is to to higher rates? I mean, particularly given that you know, with the the Fed looking set to tighten, uh, you know, at some point in the coming handful of months, you know, the the the, the ECB's you know, may not be until next year, but it, it, the, the tide on monetary policy is turning. Um, you know, are we going to discover that Italy is vulnerable to that?
1: Um, well, I, I, I think that the uh, ultra low uh, policy rates and, and large scale ECB purchases, government bonds uh, over the last few years have sharply lowered the effective cost of funding for governments and Italy is and has been the most obvious beneficiary of this environment. Now, if we look forward to the end of ECB purchases and farther to a cycle of monetary policy tightening uh, in the euro area, uh, I think that there are important cushions that make Italian debt sustainable in the long term, even in the presence of large but temporary idiosyncratic shocks due to political uncertainty. Uh, we can think about what happened in 2012 or more recently in 2018. Uh, th- those were big shocks, but they didn't last too long and that they were well absorbed. Um, an important point that, is, uh, that has to be kept in mind here is that The transmission of shocks to the Italian average cost of funding is very slow over time, as it takes about seven years for a 100 basis point shock to the yield curve to morph into a 100 basis points increase in the average cost of funding. Italy's average cost of government debt at present is around 2.4%. Uh, but the marginal funding cost is only about 0.8 percent, even after the recent 30 basis points widening we have seen. So there is a there is a, a very big margin here in terms of normal repricing of the curve due to the macro environment, or inflation outlook, monetary policy. Um, before one can can get into a, a, a danger zone. Now, this said. Uh, my opinion is that the Italian renaissance I've been arguing for depends heavily on Italian politics, preserving drug, Ill, central and operative role. Uh, shocks to the current status quo would trigger everything of Italian growth prospects in the medium term, and that would have a feedback on perception of debt sustainability.
0: Okay, well, thanks, Marco. Let's um, let's leave it at that stage. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll see how exactly how Italy pans out in terms of the political choices over the next uh, few months and we'll endeavor to keep you posted thank you for joining us this communication is provided for information purposes only please refer to jp morgan research reports related to its content for more information including important disclosures 2022 jp morgan chase and company all rights reserved this episode was recorded in january 2022